Hello and welcome everyone. This is English in the Pocket podcast number 13. I am Tiago Das, your host in this learning adventure. And in this podcast, I interview the South African singer and actress Duduzo Siba Mackenzie. She came just for a holiday in Brazil, but ended up spending three years in jail by mistake. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, wait a second. Very good. So, There we go. <laughs> very happy to meet you, Nundu. Am I saying your name right? Wow, we do. Say it's Nduduzo. Duduzo. Yeah. Okay. No, I like it to say it right. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> But it's always very difficult for people to correctly pronounce my name. <laughs> I get strange called like they call me like Induduzo, Eduardo, Duda. <laughs> okay, yes. In time, you may end up with a Brazilian nickname. I'm sure. <laughs> but yeah, I, can, I, can I already say, have quite a few. <laughs> but I can say Duduzo, no problem. If that sounds right. No problem at all. So thanks for accepting my my invitation. I met our common friend Karina, and she told me yeah. very briefly about your stories and uh, and 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 how it all happened. But uh, to be honest, like I said in the uh, in the email, I don't know anything, and I would really would like you to to introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit what you're up to. Okay, um, like I said, my name is Nduduzo Kodensia Zanini. I'm from South Africa and um, I'm currently living in Brazil for the past four years, eight months now. Okay. Um, well, there's quite a, a, a lot of things that um, I'm currently participating in right now, which is I'm, I'm, I'm an artist. I'm doing the which is um, a theater piece that is taken from the book of Plinio Marcus. And it's a very interesting piece about human rights and about the, uh, the justice system of Brazil, basically. Okay. Um, and apart from that, I'm currently doing music. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing a campaign, which is called Hashtag Duduzo Teng Voice, which is a campaign that was launched on the 8th of March um, after receiving news that the Minister of Justice had decreted my exclusion from the country. Uh-huh. Okay, so that I stop and say, why is that? <laughs> so you said yes, you're here for... Um, okay. Okay. Um, about in 2013... I came to Brazil and I was just meant to be here for basically a week. But it just so happened that um, on my way going back, um, a friend of mine asked me to do a favor for her, which was carry perfume for her business back home. Okay. Of which as a friend, it was, you know, it was a normal thing. I didn't see anything wrong with it. And when I got to the airport, um, when they, the police took my bag, they found that there was cocaine inside the perfume boxes. Wow. And that's how the whole Nduduzo in Brazil came about. I so I, was, I, I got arrested. I went to PFC, where I spent um, 
how many years? I spent uh, two years, 10 months, and then I was moved to a semi-open prison, which is uh, Bundanda, for another, um, another eight, 10 months. And then after that, I got my freedom, um, which is a conditional freedom. I'm outside, I've been outside from the 17th of March, 2017. And I've been trying to reconstruct my life, basically. With that, um, when I got out, I didn't, they didn't tell me that you, I was not allowed to go home immediately. I was not to be deported, nor was I to be expelled at that time. Go and try and construct my life with my family back home. Uh, but I was asked to stay in Brazil and continue signing until the end of my uh, sentence. Which, which is? was okay. My sentence was seven years, ten months, uh, seven years, nine months, and ten days. Wow. And I saved um, three years, six months of, of those seven years. So then. So from there, it was. Yeah. Um, so from there, when I got out, I, I, I realized that, you know what? I am not of this life. So um, crime was something that was never in my plans or ever in my mind that it was something I could end up doing. You know, uh, it wasn't by choice, but circumstances brought me to, to being where I was. So coming out, I had to now think of a new way to restructure my life and get back the years that I had lost inside. Because for me, it was a loss. Being in a place where you can't study and educate yourself to, to, to come out into the society where you can contribute. You, have, you are stuck in a hole for God knows how many years with literally nothing to enrich or to rehabilitate you. So for me, that was just a dead three or six months. I was dead during that period. I needed to find a life. And I had seen that finding a life with my family was something that was not going to be possible because I still need to be here for this amount of years. I see. Okay. I can't go back to being a flight attendant, which is something I had went to school and studied to be. I can't continue my studies as well because I can't go to a university in Brazil and say, I need to study. I, just, I have a process, you know. So I decided, okay, um, let me focus more on the one thing that has always connected me to myself, which has always been music. Right. And that's how my music career came about. Um, I, I went, I, I, I met some of the ladies that we were singing with inside. We, there was a group formed called Muleris Livri. Started singing with these ladies. We did presentations in, um, uh, when we did the presentation there, there were people from the, Inuchi, the, the students that had started, um, uh, doing the same course with the professora that was giving us music lessons inside. So basically we started our journey around the same year. They saw me singing, you know, and they were, they were touched. They were like, you know what? Let us, we would like to invite you to do our, pe the, the Inuchimu because it tells a lot of your story. You know, you need to be part of this. I was like, you know what? At first I didn't want to do it, to be honest, because, because of the shame, because of the guilt, because of the doubts. Because of my family as well, because you know, um, I'm 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 in this place where the public is free to scrutinize, is free to to say or do whatever they feel upon me, simply because I have this passage, I have this stigma of come out of having committed a crime, right. in the, in, independent that I've paid for the crime, 
but right. I'm still paying for the crime. Right. Every time I have to tell somebody about about my my process and and about going into prison, it's 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 more punishment on me because I don't think that there's a human being out here who is glad to 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 share that experience. It's not an easy experience. Of course not. But I have to share it. Yeah. I have to share it because I thought if I don't share it, I've met so many women, Chaggy, so many women that have built and contributed to the woman that I am today. And I didn't meet those women in South Africa when I was in varsity. I did not meet those women when, when I was working and, and in, in a hospital environment or when I was working in the airline environment. I met those women in prison. Right. These are women who've been there 10 years without seeing their family or their children, without even having the basic contact of with the outside world. These are women that decided to, when I came in, I didn't have anything because nobody prepares for prison. So I was just there with my, with my travel bag and most of the things I had carried for my traveling were not allowed to enter inside the procedure. Right. These women took off their bras and panties, took their toothbrushes, and gave to me with an open heart without knowing if there will ever be a chance again for them to get those things. So for me, I met women who, when I couldn't take prison, when I couldn't handle prison, they will come and hold me, even though they knew that their situation was far worse than mine. Right. So I, when the, the guys from Inuchimokanto approached me, I was like, God, as much as I can't do this for myself, I don't want to do this for myself because it's going to hurt. The process is going to be very hard. I need to do this for these women who are still inside, who nobody knows anything about, who nobody wants to even know anything about. These women, when they come outside, they don't have documentation. They don't have families. They can't even get a job. Right now, I'm facing a process whereby I'm trying to look for accommodation uh, to rent a place. But I can't rent a place because I don't have uh, a bank statement. I don't, I don't have a bank account. Now, in order for me to get a bank account, I need to have comprovanchiji and the reso. So how does it work for us? How does it, how does it work? If you don't have a house, you end up living with people. And you need to prove you don't your have address. A in the place. <laughs> it just like you so. You understand? It's just pure madness so let me catch back a bit because you told us a lot and uh is maybe it's the first time the audience of english in the pocket will be uh, hearing from you and uh and yes it, it is let me just contact everything in because we've been talking to people who have amazing stories because basically we believe every story is amazing every human story is amazing and needs to be heard as you said and uh, mostly those who cannot be heard because they are shut somewhere where nobody knows about it. And you've experienced this. So let me just ask you, were you coming to Brazil? When you came to Brazil back in, uh, when was it, 2003, you said? 2013. 2013, sorry. Were you coming just here for a week? You were just kind of touristing in Brazil and you were just traveling around. Yes, I just came. Um, at that time, 2013, I was 25 years old, Chaggy. I had a guy, a man in my life that I 
wanted to spend the rest of my life with. But that man, because of our traditions, because of um, my, our, my, our customs, um, it didn't permit us to, to, to want to get married and be happy then. The only way there was for us was for me to get pregnant and to kind of force the families to accept it. Of which, for me, that would have been wrong. So I decided, you know what, love, let me just go away for a while. I need to think all of this through. So coming here was just a process for me to, to find myself, to, 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 to get the direction. You know, that, that moment away where you're away from everything. You're away from your language. You're away from your food. You're away from everything that um, holds you to being something else or somebody else. Okay. So that process was for me to find myself. And <laughs> unfortunately, God had other plans. Yeah, I took a very long break. <laughs> you did, and you did. And you said, like, you did say that, and I thought it was very strong. Those three years of your life, you were dead. And yet, yeah. it seems that I also heard you saying that you also found life. So now you bring death and life together in one place that you have just yourself and luckily some compassion uh, friends that come and can help you when you are really on your uh, worst moments. And I, and I say this is a human moment because somebody who has been in your situation is going through the extreme, but also somebody who's had everything in life and is dying of depression and locked in their room or in their five-star hotel and is about to kill themselves taking pills or whatever is also in a human extreme moment mm -hmm. and and i feel what you what i hear mostly what you're saying is like it is time for us humans to acknowledge that extreme moment and see that's not working because we need that's when we most need support That's when we most need compassion and understanding. But instead, what we give is more hardship. As if like we, as a human race, because you put this for the law system in Brazil, but it's like you coming from South Africa, and I believe your life was good there. No, you, you may have your problems there, of <laughs> course, but I think you, were, you had a good life and you seem quite well educated. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, which was a very big shame when I, I, I got to, to, to PFC and realized that, you know, there's something that our late president used to say, uh, President Nelson Mandela, he would say, the only way you can get to know how great a country is, is by going through its prison system and seeing how they treat people under oppression. That's when that statement to me rang true. A poem by Maya Angelou. Caged bird. A free bird leaps on the back of the wind and floats downstream to the current ends and dips his wing in the orange sun rays and dares to claim the sky. But a bird that stalks down his narrow cage can seldom see through his bars of rage. His wings are clipped and his feet are tied, so he opens his throat to sing. The cage bird sings with a fearful thrill of things unknown but longed for still, and his tune is heard on the distant hill, for the cage bird sings of freedom. The free bird thinks of another breeze, 
and the trade winds soft through the sighing trees, and the fat worms waiting on a dawn bright lawn, and his name, the sky his own. But a caged bird stands on the grave of dreams, his shadow shouts on a nightmare scream. His wings are clipped and his feet are tied, so he opens his throat to sing. The caged bird sings with a fearful thrill of things unknown but longed for still, and his tune is heard on a distant hill, for the caged bird sings of freedom. Stay tuned for part two of this interview 